Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com, the tool that makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and goals, and the Wondersuite tools will automatically lay out your WordPress website or store in minutes. Seriously. From there, you can customize your design, pick your brand colors and add blocks, no custom theme or coding required. You'll get content suggestions that you can keep or revise. And with Yoast SEO built in, we automatically help you get found in search engines. From step-by-step guidance to suggested plugins to an AI-powered help bot, our built-in tools make WordPress wonderful for everyone. Maybe that's why Bluehost has been recommended by WordPress.org since 2005. Whether you're a beginner or a pro, you can join over 2 million Bluehost users. Go to bluehost.com wondersuite. That's bluehost.com wondersuite. Welcome back to the Fuel Your Legacy podcast. Each week, we expose the faulty foundational mindsets of the past and rebuild a newer, stronger foundation essential in creating your meaningful legacy. We've got a lot of work to do, so let's get started. As much as you like this podcast, I'm certain that you're going to love the book that I just released on Amazon, Fuel Your Legacy, The Nine Pillars to Build a Meaningful Legacy. I wrote this to share with you the experiences that I had while I was identifying my identity, how I began to create my meaningful legacy and how you can create yours. You're going to find this book on Kindle, Amazon, and as always on my website, samnickerbacher.com. Welcome back to the Fuel Your Legacy show. And today, as always, bringing in the most incredible guests who have accomplished Um, unbelievable feats, and then they get to tell you how they did it. So today we're going to be talking to Dr. Mark T. Wade. He's the founder of the Virtual Summit software and creator of the One Day Summit, host of the top-rated Virtual Summit podcast and Summit Fest live conference. So um, what what I love about introducing people is finding out all of the different things they've accomplished. Mark, he's been in the military, he's been a doctor, and now he does computer stuff. Like, you just never know. There's so many facets of somebody's life. There's no way we're going to be able to get into all of the facets of his life today. And so I would highly recommend going and following him and touching base with him. Where can they follow you, Mark? Uh, Best place online is going to be in our uh, community, our Facebook community, Viral Summits, or you can check me out on Instagram at Hustle and Scale. Awesome. Okay. Yeah. Go, go check him out because like I say, there's just no way you're going to be able to get all of his value in this podcast. Even if you listen to this podcast multiple times and um, yes, there'll be some actionable steps, but um, so on top of all those things, Mark was able to take his brick and mortar business and put it online, which we're going to find out about how he did that and, and what was his purposes and why should we be doing it? Um, but he's been able to not just create for himself, but create for other people six, seven, and multi-seven-figure businesses all from using this online forum, helping people go from like obscure, they, ha- they have a message, they have all this great stuff, but they're obscure to, to mainstream influencers and, and collaborative marketing strategies. So um, I'm excited to hear and ask lots of questions, but to get started, we're going to hear his story and why, why he decided to do what he did and what he's up to now, where's he headed. So go ahead, Mark, and let us know just a little bit more about you. And, and yeah, excited to hear what your legacy is moving forward. 
Thanks, Sam. So there's probably two parts to my story, and I'm going to come back to the first part towards the end because I think that's more <clears throat> more specific towards uh, legacy and the actual the biggest thing that that, that that made an impact in my life. But in more recent times, um, as you mentioned, I am a doctor. I'm a postural neurologist. I actually have two doctorates and a couple dozen certifications in neurology, neuroscience, and human function. And I ran one of the most successful posture correction clinics in the country for about a decade. Um, <clears throat> I wanted to help more people, you know, but running clinics, it wasn't very appealing to me to start opening up more clinics because there's a lot of uh, kind of work and effort and things that go into that. So I had this idea of this kind of online institute. Now, back then, keep in mind, it was like six, seven years ago, this really wasn't a thing. So it was, it was, um, it was one of those things where I was like, okay, let's, let's give this thing a whirl. I'm a little bit of, I'm progressive. I'm outside the box thinker. And I remember actually talking about this idea before it actually happened. You know, I like to put things out there into the universe and kind of bringing them about. And everybody kind of looked at me as if I was crazy. You know, I remember specifically being home for Thanksgiving uh, and talking with my dad about it and him just looking at me and saying, Mark, what are you doing? Like you're a doctor, you've spent a decade Go, you know, building a clinic and getting two doctors. And now you're going to go sit behind a, a computer. And so I started to actually believe, believe him and myself started to think I was crazy. But luckily, I heard my good buddy, Pat Flynn from Smart Passive Income, talk about this concept of a virtual summit. And so with that, I said, you know what? I've kind of given everything else a shot. I'm going to go ahead and, and try this. And so I tried to do a virtual summit. Now, we can talk about summits a little bit later, uh, more specifically, but the, the main thing is back then there was really nobody coaching them, nobody teaching them. There's no like manuals or guides on how to do it. And I actually had a really hard time. I was only able to get seven speakers. Uh, and if anybody knows about summits, you're usually shooting for around 20 or 30. So <clears throat> it was essentially not going to happen. But my ego kind of you know, prevented me from going to those seven speakers and saying, hey, I couldn't do this. So I decided to just go ahead and run it as a one day summit. Now that one day summit went on to do pretty well. It generated around 5,000 leads, made around $32,000, which was like the, the most success we'd had at that time. But from there, that summit, the backbone of that became a certification, which became a multi-million dollar certification. And then that company, that institute became a multi-multi-million dollar institute called the American Posture Institute, which is still there today. It's the world's largest provider of postgraduate online posture education. So that was pretty cool. And the other cool thing is my dad no longer thinks I'm crazy. So that's also, that's also cool. <clears throat> but from there, you know, once I found something that worked, I decided to double down, triple down into it. And we started doing summits regularly. We did two to four multi-day summits, four to eight one-day summits every year in that company and in all of my companies. The problem was it was a little challenging to be able to do this. Like I had a team of four running these for us because back in the day there was, you know, no easy way of doing a summit. And that's when the idea kind of hit me. It's like, it's relatively easy to put together a course or webinar. You don't really need much tech skill or knowledge. Like, why is it so complicated to do a summit? And that's when I decided to you know, go from practicing physician to online business owner to now SaaS founder. And I decided to uh, have the first platform ever created for virtual summits called Virtual Summit Software. Now, naively, I thought just by creating the software, it would do everything on its own. I wouldn't have to do anything with it. And I could just keep working in the other, the other company. But 
no company is like that, especially a startup just getting started. So about that, we, we created that software four years ago. And about three years ago, I exited the other company and went full time into the virtual summit space, virtual summit software. And essentially since then, I've been helping people all over the world get their message out to the world via collaborative marketing strategy. It's been pretty cool. One thing's led me to another, you know, into the podcasting space, which has been a great experience to running in-person conferences, which is kind of ironic since I teach virtual conferences, you know, all the way to being able to consult with some of the biggest uh, brands and businesses out there, such as Spartan Races, Comic-Con, um, Archangels, uh, and many, many others. So <clears throat> now I spend most of my time helping people get their message out to the world and kind of go, as you said, essentially from unknown to influencer via this collaborative marketing strategy. So it's a lot of fun. It's a lot of work, but it's been a journey. If you would have asked me 10 years ago, if I would be sitting here as a SaaS founder in an agency running um, virtual summits for people, I would have, actually, I would have thought you were crazy if I thought I wasn't actually still going to be in brick and mortar practice. But that's essentially the journey that I've got to, um, to where I'm at right now. And I'm happy to dive into any piece of that. Awesome. I'm excited. I got lots of questions here because I've, um, I've, I've talked to multiple different people, uh, not necessarily about virtual summits. So I'm going to ask things specifically about that and how they, um, how they connect to different things. And, and I, myself, along with some business partners, we, during COVID, we kind of were forced, I don't know if forced is the right word. We just refused to uh, allow COVID to happen to us. So we just took our in-person events and we put them online and we just did them live. Um, but I'm curious though, well, for, well yeah, let's, let's go to your first. What, um, what is the difference in your mind or, or by definition, again, I don't know who defines these things. So um, what's the difference between a summit and a webinar? So there's multiple different types of we could call virtual events. Webinars, a lot most people are, are familiar with, master classes, et cetera. This is essentially a sales opportunity. Webinars are sales opportunities where it's usually one to many. It's one person holding kind of an educational class that at the end, typically, there's kind of a, a sales pitch. Um, <clears throat> additionally, there's other types of virtual events. We can just clarify all of these right now. So there's now, because of COVID, you mentioned COVID, a lot of people have moved many things that were in-person to virtual. I've done the same. I run an in-person mastermind, but because of COVID, we've been running it virtual. So there's now virtual masterminds. Um, we also run a virtual workshop called Summit Genesis. So you got workshops, you got um, masterminds, but you also have live streaming conferences. Now, this is where usually the confusion can happen. A, con a live stream conference and a virtual summit are different. A live stream conference is going to be set up just like a normal in-person kind of event, and it's going to stream live. So you're going to have, you know, 8 to 9 a.m. There's going to be a speaker, and then 9 a.m. to 10 a.m. There's another speaker, et cetera. And, you know, if the tech breaks or something happens, the conference completely stops. A virtual summit is historically a pre-recorded set of interviews that solves a problem or a series of problems from topic or niche experts over a set period of time. So what that means is you're going to have a problem that you're trying to solve for your audience. 
You're going to bring in experts to talk on that problem. You're going to typically pre-record most of it. It's usually about 80% pre-recorded in advance. And then you're going to release it over a set period of time. So like Thursday through Sunday. Okay. It's also typically free to attend. A webinar would also be free to attend, but there's a high, it's what we would call a sales strategy. Live streaming conferences are typically paid registration to attend. So with a summit, it's free to attend. And then as the sessions are over, as the days end, the sessions are locked or closed. And then if you would like to maintain access to them, you can purchase them usually with something called like an all access pass. So a, a multi-day summit, well, we'll get a multi-day summit in a second. But when we look at a virtual summit, a virtual summit is actually, it's not a sales strategy. It's a relationship strategy. So these are extremely powerful for people who are just getting started in business or like if you're trying to enter into a new niche. We know in the sense of entrepreneurship, uh, one of the common kind of flaws or mistakes is we'll get an idea in our head, we'll build something, we'll spend three months, six months, 12 months building out this amazing thing. Maybe it's a course, a membership, coaching program. But then when we turn around to sell it, there's nobody there to sell it to. So we spend all our time building the thing without first building an audience. So a summit is powerful for building an audience. It's also powerful for building influence or authority because the summit is your platform and you're interviewing these other kind of niche or topic experts. The audience sees you with them and you get what we call expert leverage. You leverage their expertise, their credibility, their authority, and their audience, which is the other aspect to this is I call a summit a collaborative marketing strategy because it's not just you going out and trying to do it on your own. Like with a webinar, you would go out and you would have to market it. You would have to try and get people on there. Or maybe you do a partner webinar where somebody would do it to their audience. But with a summit, you have 10, 15, 20, 30, 40 different people who are all a part of it. And they're all promoting it to their audiences. So everybody benefits from that exposure. You know, speaker A benefits from speaker B, C, and D promoting it as well as the host. Now, <clears throat> Strategic partnerships are probably my favorite aspect or what I would refer to as the most powerful aspect of a summit is you have the opportunity to reach out to people that you wouldn't probably normally be able to get in touch with. So let's look at it like this. If you were just getting started and you're like, you know, I want to learn more about online business. Let's just go with that. That's easy. So I want to learn more about online business and I want to reach out to Sam to kind of give me some coaching on it. And I'm going to say, Sam, will you hop on a call with me for 30 minutes and let me pick your brain for free? Yeah. Sam's like, no, I'm busy. I got things to do and here's my consultation fees. However, if you reached out to somebody and said, Sam, I'd like to feature you on a platform to my audience and have you share your wisdom and knowledge on this summit. Now, if it's aligned and it's a right fit and you have the opportunity, Sam's like, okay, I'll think about that. I'll consider that. So you have the... Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com, the tool that makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and goals, and the Wondersuite tools will automatically lay out your WordPress website or store in minutes. Seriously. From there, you can customize your design, pick your brand colors and add blocks, no custom theme or coding required. You'll get content suggestions that you can keep or revise. And with Yoast SEO built in, we automatically help you get found in search engines. From step-by-step -step guidance to suggested plugins to an AI powered help bot, 
Our built-in tools make WordPress wonderful for everyone. Maybe that's why Bluehost has been recommended by WordPress.org since 2005. Whether you're a beginner or a pro, you can join over 2 million Bluehost users. Go to Bluehost.com Wondersuite. That's Bluehost.com Wondersuite. The opportunity to actually get in touch with people for free that you wouldn't normally get to do. Now, I said it was a, a relationship building strategy, not your monetization strategy. However, you still generate revenue on it. The people who do purchase the all access pass generates revenue. Now, I look at the monetization strategy as what happens after the post summit profit strategy, and we can get into that a little bit later. However, with that being said, when you're actually having this, when you are positioned in front of this audience, you know, maybe it's 2,000, 5,000, 10,000 people. I mean, we've had summits that have generated almost 30,000 people on the summit. They spend that time with you as you're interviewing these other people and through your email communications. By the end of that summit, they go, wow, you know, I really, I feel like I know Mark. I feel like I'm connected with him. Now let me look at what you have after that. So that's really the difference is a, a webinar is we bring them on there, we give them some insights, we try and make some really great value, and then we give like kind of a higher pressure, like, hey, you got to buy this now or it disappears. A summit is, hey, let me give you a bunch of value, solve your problem, give you exposure to people that you would normally have to pay for, and then at the end of it, who are you going to be grateful to? Or we call it rule of reciprocity. Um, and just to dive a little bit deeper into that, and then I'll throw the mic back over to you, Sam, so I'm not hogging it. No, it's is, We've got, when it comes to summits, so we talked about virtual events. Now, <clears throat> virtual events are great. And we're seeing a lot of those now. Those really didn't happen. They were very, very, very few and far in between pre-COVID. Now we're seeing a lot of those happening. And I think we'll see a spike in those for a while. And then I think it'll taper off a little bit and we'll find a happy medium once we can get back to some in-person events. Now with the summit, summits have been around since 2005. And they're not going to go anywhere because they are one of the most powerful ways that you can do in advance. Again, with the, the preparation phase, almost anybody can do it without any type of skill, like tech skill or, or big team. Okay. The other ones, you need to have a team, like th those are pretty big. Now, when it comes to summits, inside of summits, we have several little different types. We have the multi-day summit, which is what I've just been talking about. Um, it is primarily a list building opportunity. It's one to build your audience. Um, it is typically three, anywhere from about three days to 14 days with four or five days being kind of the sweet spot. And it has anywhere from about 20 speakers upwards of 80 speakers with 35 being the most common. So it's a pretty big event. It, it does take a little bit of time, energy, and preparation and organization, but it's totally doable. Now on the other side of that, we have the one day summit. The one day summit is just like it sounds. It's one day, but it doesn't mean it's a full day in content. It just means that your audience has one day to consume it. Now, why is this powerful? Well, right now, especially more than ever, we have this little issue of, of attention span. People are seeing things that are coming at them left and right. Just we're becoming, yeah. Just, <laughs> sorry, what, was it, what were you saying? I stopped paying. No. Yeah. So, the, the, the thing with attention span is it's caused us to become ninjas at deflecting information, meaning I have a problem and I need this problem answered. I'm going to get a ton of information thrown at me all day long. And I'm going, oh, that's cool. That's cool. But it's not what I'm looking for. So we've become very skillful at tuning out things that don't matter and honing in on the one thing that solves our problem. So if we can give people that thing that solves their problem in a short amount of time, it increases dramatically conversions and engagement. Now, that's one of the most ideal aspects of a summit, both multi-day and one day. 
is it creates a qualified and engaged audience, okay? Now, with a one-day summit, it gets it even more qualified because you're able to get more specific to the problem you're solving. With a multi-day summit, we may have three, four, five, six different topics or categories we're going to talk about because we've got 20, 30, 40 speakers in five days. With a one-day summit, we're solving one problem in a short amount of time, and it's only about anywhere from five speakers upwards of 15 speakers with eight to 10 being the sweet spot. So much more consumable, right? Much easier for somebody to go, ooh, I can, you know, we were talking about online business. Let's say the one day summit is learn online business in a day. My problem is I need to figure out online business and you can get that to me in a day. I'm going to pay attention to that. The other thing that's really important to notate the difference between a summit and a webinar is show ups. Most of us know, I mean, now it's increased a little bit during the COVID season because people are at home and they have time, but historically webinars have a very, very, very low show up rate. With a summit, if they don't show up, they don't get the information. So show up rates are much, much higher. <clears throat> and additionally, with the one day summit, as I was talking about, it's much more tactical so we can focus it on one thing and align that to our post summit profit strategy, which we can talk about in a minute. Now, with that being said, when people reach out to me and say, Mark, I've heard about a summit. I want to do a summit. Let's do this. What should I do? I say, look, multi-day summits are extremely powerful. We run two to four of them every year in my business. However, if you're just getting started, start with a one-day summit. Why? It's much more forgiving and much quicker to put on. Five speakers, how quickly, Sam, could you get five speakers you know, together, right? Easily. Exactly. So you can actually do a one-day summit in about 30 to 60 days. You could have that ready and ready to rock. Now, let's say, heaven forbid, it doesn't hit. You're out 30 days and five speakers. You could do, a, you've now learned from your mistakes or what went wrong. You could fix it, get another five speakers and do it again. If you were doing a multi-day summit, if your first time and you don't really know what you're doing, you've just used 40 speakers, it's going to be hard to find a couple more after that. So, I recommend people start off with a one-day summit do one, two, and then move into a multi-day summit. And by that point, typically, the person's business has already kind of skyrocketed. Okay. So, um, I think that kind of answers, I mean, I've been to a lot of different seminars. I would say seminars, again, I'm trying to get nitty gritty here because I'm, one, because if you guys, I'm, there's a few things that I'm going to call out here for a second. The idea of like being able to get in front of people that you wouldn't otherwise be able to get into i.e. why Sam has a podcast to begin with, okay? So, like, you create a platform, you create a, a and, and I want to call this out in big, bold letters. I hear guests say this all the time, and I think, no, that, um, I don't think that you, my guests mean what most people are hearing. So, that's why I'm calling it out. Not because you mean something different and I'm correcting you, but because the people aren't hearing it the same way. When you say you can get in front of them for free, it's the biggest crock of bowl you're ever going to hear. Nothing is free. You are giving them a platform. You're giving them an immense amount of value. If you are thinking that you're going to go and get this guy's brain for free and you're not adding any value, like there's no value add for him to be on your show. In my opinion, it's unethical for you to offer that. No matter how much you want to be with that person or talk to that person, go pay him. Don't invite them onto a show that they have no business being on or onto a stage that they have no business being on because they don't align. The only reason you're going to get that attention is because you're adding value. It's not free. It's a different type of value exchange. It doesn't cost dollars, but it is, it, it takes 
value, right? There is a value exchange there. And the, what's most important in my mind for people to understand that is not, I mean, part of it's the integrity, part of it's the ethics behind it. But more importantly, people need to understand, in my opinion, people need to understand that just because you don't have any money does not mean you don't have anything to offer or any value to offer. Just there's so much that you as an individual have that you can barter for, you can trade for. People think the barter system's gone because we use the US dollar. It's not true. There's tons of bartering going on all the time. And if you're not bartering, then you're losing an enormous amount of business and eyeballs because you haven't determined what you can barter with yet. So uh, I want to call you out on that. Not, not you specifically, but I want to draw attention to the word free because it's not free. Well, and I'll jump in there because what I was referring to, um, you, and you said this great, there is an exchange of value, if, especially if we're talking about speakers. However, what I'm referring to is building an audience. So if your goal is to build a thousand email subscribers, there's three ways you can do it. You can either go out and create organic content and collect these over time, which is typically very, very slow, especially with the way organic works now. Or what's the most popular, most common is paid paid traffic, like Facebook ads, Google ads, et cetera. That's how most people collect an audience. And a great cost per lead is about $5. So if you wanted to generate a thousand ads, a thousand leads, you're going to spend $5,000. However, with the summit, you could very easily generate a thousand leads and you're not paying for those as far as ads are concerned. But what you are providing is value. And as I mentioned is you're solving people's problems. And that is one of the most important things. If you're not solving the problem, there's no value. And then they're not going to follow with you further anyways. Yeah, no, no, I, I completely agree. I just want to make sure that people are understanding and following that aspect of it. You understand it. I understand it. A lot of people think, oh, what can I get for free? Nothing. You don't get anything for free. You get things with that, that don't cost you dollars and you exchange value for. That's what you get. Okay. So, um, but from a seminar, because I, I work with a, a few business coaches and we do are you generally like a two day or a one, sorry, are you able to hear that? Okay. Yeah. So we do like a, a one day or two day, depending on the, the type of seminar, I guess you could call it. Um, but I would say it's very much structured a lot like what you described an online summit to be, except for we are selling ticket prices to get into the room so that people show up. Right. It's still the same. If they don't see it that day, they don't, they don't get it. And it's definitely a relationship building thing. There is the, call it a sales pitch, an opportunity to sit down with us after, um, which I'm assuming you guys have in your post-summit strategy. Some, some way of saying, hey, I'd like to actually sit down with one of these speakers, text this number to this, and they'll shoot out an intake form, and then that's where the actual closing of business happens. Um, is in a sit down afterwards. You're not you're not trying to close anybody on any like a like 10x. So if you guys are familiar with 10x, 10x is all about. I mean, it was the first, I don't know how it is now, but the first time it was like a, a sales pitch. It was a bunch of people went on, and everybody just got to do their little sales pitch, um, and you sold from stage. And if you couldn't sell from stage, you probably didn't make any money off of the 10x thing if you spoke there, um, which is different than. You go build a relationship for two or three days and then say, hey, who would like to sit down with me? And then that's when you close your bigger ticket items. 
So that's what we do in, in our seminars, which I would say is very different than a typical seminar where it's just you go and you sit and you listen like a, an educational seminar or a work seminar. Uh, so it's, in, it's interesting to hear you describe this and think, okay, there's certain aspects of the strategy that you're using that are, we're employing in our seminar in person situation. But the online is different because part of it's holding somebody's attention. But how do you like af affect urgency or build build a um, an energy of relationship? Because you can, I think you can build a, an audio relationship or like, oh, I'm comfortable with this person because I've heard them. But how do you build that energy of relationship over? Because this is going to apply to education. This is going to apply to. I mean, I. I work in finance and almost all my meetings now are virtually and it's a very different game. I have to present differently, different phrases, different, everything is different online than it is in person. So uh, almost to the point where going back to person, because we've had a few clients who are like, yeah, let's just meet in person. It's weird to be in person now. <laughs> <You know? laughs> so, so, so how do you have that same energy transfer um, on an online summit type forum? The good thing is with a virtual summit, you're not trying to trick the audience into thinking it's live. It's not like a live streaming conference. A live streaming conference, you have to keep their attention the entire day. Like they're there to get something. They have a set time. Maybe it's eight to two, eight to four, nine to five, whatever. And you have to deliver audience and keep them engaged. You have to keep your energy level up. With a summit, it's pre-recorded and it's released over a set period of time, meaning they can come in whenever they want and watch it during that period. So there's a, and, and I'm going to get, I'll come to the actual answer to your question here in just a second. But the point is you let them know when they have the options to get to it. And what most people would do with the summit is they'll pop in in the morning, they'll watch some of the things they want. They'll come, they'll go back to work or whatever. And then they'll pop. Introducing Wondersuite from bluehost.com, the tool that makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and goals, and the Wondersuite tools will automatically lay out your WordPress website or store in minutes. Seriously. From there, you can customize your design, pick your brand colors, and add blocks. No custom theme or coding required. You'll get content suggestions that you can keep or revise, and with Yoast SEO built in, we automatically help you get found in search engines. From step-by-step -step guidance to suggested plugins to an AI-powered help bot, our built-in tools make WordPress wonderful for everyone. Maybe that's why Bluehost has been recommended by WordPress.org since 2005. Whether you're a beginner or a pro, you can join over 2 million Bluehost users. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. That's bluehost.com slash wondersuite. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. And in the afternoon, watch a couple more things. So with a summit, your actual focus when it comes to engagement it's not about keeping them glued all day into the actual summit. 
most of the engagement happens outside of the actual videos of the summit, not necessarily outside the summit, but it's not inside the video. So what you will do is create these engagement strategies, for example, which are essentially actions. What we want to do is, is shift the summit from a passive experience where I just sit and stare at a screen to an interactive or an active experience. So there's all kinds of creative ways of doing that. I mean, you can do, for example, we have the Easter egg or scavenger hunt, you know, where you can put something different behind you every, every session, right? Every interview. And at the end, it spells something out and they have to follow that, figure it out, and then they submit it and they're entered into a raffle, for example. Or you can add live streaming components into it, like at the end of the, every day, you do a live Q&A wrap up, for example, which is where the people get to interact. So the cool thing is you're not actually having to sit there and like, like maintain their attention all day long for four or five days. You're actually just providing your job is to make sure that the information that's in that session is high quality and solves a problem because that's what most of them are actually wanting. Okay. And no, no. So I'm just curious about that because I think I understand that. I mean, I guess I'm thinking of it like in conversation. If I'm a presenter on one of your summits, am I speaking to the audience or am I speaking to you who's questioning me? Like who am I? addressing and, and what person am I talking third first like you know what I'm saying absolutely so we have there's a variety of different session styles that you can do the most common which is also probably the most boring is just traditional Q&A interview it's just me and you just chat back and forth you got 40 people do like 40 of those sessions it can be kind of old but that's the most common it's just me you chatting back and forth let me ask you a question you answer a question ask you a question answer a question the next like kind of little level up from that is a hybrid interview so this is where i'll hop on i intro you and then you do a presentation like a master class for 10 20 30 minutes and then at the end i'll do a q a that master class you're presenting to the audience so you're talking to them but then there's other variations too there's workshop style where it's just or keynotes there's panels um, there's breakouts you can do. So there's a variety of different ones, but the most common is just a Q&A interview where it's you and I talking back and forth. Now, of course, you obviously know that this is going to an audience, so you would reference the audience as well, but it's not, it's not challenging. It's an interview. Sure. No, yeah. Part of me thinking is how can I, how can I make my podcast better? Cause ultimately that's what we're doing on a podcast is the interviewing but, Absolutely. And, and occasionally, like I did with free, right, with reflect and speak directly to the listener. Um, but it's, it's not always the case. And so that's what I was wondering, like, how is that a, what can I do to improve? I'm, I'm always here to like, how can I improve my podcast, make it more engaging, more exciting, <clears throat> and, and get better results for my people, right? The reason I'm having people on is because I want, just like you said, pure content to say, hey, look, this is why I'm being so specific as well. Like how can we help this person? If somebody's interested in a virtual mastermind or a webinar or a seminar, whatever they feel like they can do, what are the key differences? So they know how to market it. Who's going to be in that room? What, what type of content's best in each, each different area, you know? Um, so, so anyways, love that. You bring up a great point there. Um, and it's ironic because we're actually right in the middle of our training series called Interview Like a Pro. So we, we have an entire program helping Summit hosts improve their interview skills because most of them have never had any kind of training. So there's several things when it comes, if, if we're like, how do I make my interview better? The first thing is the perfect intro. So when you start an interview, you always want to start up. The, 
the number one reason people fall off of an interview, they don't watch the whole thing is because they don't get through the introduction. And typically yours was, yours was great, but typically most uh, hosts, whether podcasts or summits, but you know, I'm, I'm specifically referring to summits here. They start off going like, I'm so excited about today's episode. We're going to have a lot of fun. We're going to be talking about a couple really cool things on summits and it's going to be super cool. You know, I've got a really great expert here that I can't wait, you know, been following him forever and da 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 you know and and hey it's Sam Sam so glad to have you here Sam says hi and say okay now let me read his bio and the bio takes me three minutes to read and then I say wow like are you guys so excited I say okay now Sam tell me a little bit about yourself and then Sam spends five minutes telling me about his life story by that point your audience is gone there's been research that shows if you have not captured their interest with whatever that topic is with it and this is probably old research is probably too long seven minutes they're gone so most intros are between five to seven minutes and so that's the first mistake so we actually teach the perfect intro which is a literally welcome flow perfect intro you nail it you make the speaker sound awesome you have a hook credibility pre-qualify all within 30 seconds or less so now i know it's for me i'm interested i'm the speaker sounds great we have credibility in there and then we get right into the information. So that's the step one of the interview. Step two is prepping like a pro. Most people, you know, hand raised over here. I've been pretty lazy myself at times. I don't spend enough time prepping for my interview. And what I mean by that is researching. So in the summit space, one of the most, empow- most impactful things to having a successful summit is that your speakers promote it. Well, if I interview my speaker and I do the exact same interview he's done a hundred times, how excited is he to share that or she is to share that? Not. So you need to spend a little bit of time, one, making sure the topic is on point with what is the topic of the summit. So that goes back to one of the earlier questions, is the interview, the information, it's not just an interview about you and your background, your knowledge, it's your background and knowledge pointed specifically in the direction of the topic of this summit, which is solving one specific problem. Two is I need to see what do you always talk about? Like, I'm not going to ask you the things you always talk about because you've always talked about them. You've always said them and everybody's already heard that. So I'm going to ask follow-up or deeper questions into that. But the only way I can do that is if I know what you normally talk about and I've spent a little bit of time, I'm not saying days or weeks, but a little bit of time putting a little thought into it. And then the last aspect when it comes to an interview in a summit, this is not necessarily relevant in podcasting, but is trying to incorporate story. So we call it the summit story arc where we try and incorporate story into the interview, but not just the interview. We actually start off the whole summit looking at what's the story of the summit. We're starting here. We're trying to end and elevate here. Think of it like a Netflix series. A summit is a series of interviews, right? So if I think of those almost like episodes, what is episode one supposed to be saying? What is episode two supposed to be saying? And then diving into the interview and making sure that interview tells that story to get that across and then the next. And then the final one, again, not as relevant for podcasting, but is the, is the close like a pro in the interview flow. So we actually have like, what's your pre-interview, your pre-interview chat like? How do you make sure that the, the speaker is on point, that they have all the information items they need so they're prepared? We actually say that 70% of the success of your interview depends on you, not the speaker. Okay. Like, yeah. Like, and then everybody's thinking, well, Mark, what if the speaker sucks? You know, like we can actually ensure that they suck less (laughs) if we make sure they're prepped and ready. And you can 
always salvage your interview by doing things like Sam's just done, inserting your information, making sure it stays on track, as well as the very end is what we call the super summary. You can take a completely bombed interview and make sure that the information is relevant and on point by doing that. And of course, there's all kinds of little strategies like the kind interrupt, which I can see in your eyes you're getting ready to do right now, the kind interrupt, the avoider, things like that on how to handle certain um, speakers during the interview. Yeah, no, it's, it's true. I, I've learned from, I spent probably, I'm not saying that I learned from the perfect, but I spent probably listening, before I started my podcast, a year and a half listening to all different types of podcasts and all different, like from political podcasts to entrepreneur podcasts, to just lifestyle podcasts, to comedy podcasts. I listen to a bunch of different podcasts to determine how do I want the flow of my podcast to be when I start? How do I want to ask questions? How, how much leeway do I want to offer? So there's a, there's a podcast around, by the way, I love JLD entrepreneurs on fire. Okay. Like I don't want this to come across negative. It's just very different than my, my style of me. Um, and I understand why he did it and I, I'm grateful for him, but he like, if you don't answer his question, um, or like if it doesn't go on, he'll cut you off. And it, like, if it's just like, if he feels like you're droning on at all, he'll just like, stop. Nope. We're moving on, you know? And that's his style. I don't necessarily like that. There's a point, right. Where I'm going to do that, but very, very rarely am I going to do that. So sometimes I may not have the best episodes because of that, right. It's not pure content always, but it's a different goal, right? When I started my podcast, it wasn't purely, I mean, it was, it was a one, I wanted to interview people, but two, I wanted stuff for my books. I wanted to hear people's stories. I wanted to really get into who they were. And I did I wasn't just, Hey, I just want tactical information and that's it. And if I don't get it, I'm going to move on. I wasn't as, as interested in that type of um, podcast style. And, and Lewis Howes, I listen to a lot of Lewis Howes as well. His is almost too lackadaisical and just like, he's such a chill person, which is awesome. I listen to everything on two and a half speed. So um, <laughs> like, he's almost like, he's slow at two and a half speed for me. And I'm like, okay, let's move on. Joe Rogan, we mentioned earlier. I mean, that's another one that's just like, okay, this thing, like, let's move faster, you know? So, so I think uh, my goal was to find kind of a sweet spot there. Um, but I'm curious because all these things you, you mentioned, I think are, are crucial when you were going through your, your summit flow, you've got to think about that. I have, I thought about that for my podcast. I have a direction of my podcast that I ask fairly consistent with all my, all my guests. Um, when I do go on, I do public speaking, same type of thing. You got to think about this whole cycle. And one of the goals of this fuel your legacy podcast is to help people think of that cycle of the, about their life, be intentionally planning out their life so that they know, Hey, this is what they want to walk away from the summit. That's a one day to maybe a 14 day experience. Um, your, a seminar is one to two, a, a speech, one hour, a podcast, one hour, right? But when you think about your life, what do you want somebody to experience? How do you want them to experience you? And do you want them to experience you the same? For me, I want consistency. I want everybody who knows Sam to think of legacy. I want, I want synonymous with my name, legacy, and not just legacy, but how do we build and fuel a legacy? And so I talk about it all the time. Everything I do is in context of that. I intentionally plan out my days um, and things that I'm going to do in my day to promote myself 
um, as, as building that legacy so that other people see me doing what I'm doing. There's one thing though that I want to highlight in this because a lot of people are wondering, well, how do I know what my legacy is? How do I know, like, wh where's, the, where's the shining star, the north star of like, this is your legacy? And I'm, I'm going to call back to the beginning. I intentionally waited this long into uh, calling this out, but I love this. And I think everybody needs to think in their mind, when did this happen for me and what can I do with that? And that is when he said, uh, Mark said he told his dad what he was thinking and he told a lot of people and they all looked at him like he was crazy. That is your moment. When people start looking at you crazy because your dream, because your goal is so unheard of at the time, that's it. Okay, don't, don't mistake that for, like it's so easy to fall in the trap and stop believing in yourself because other people don't believe in yourself. That's when you gotta dig in and say, no, if everybody else thinks I'm crazy, it must be the right thing right? And maybe one out of 10 times, it's not the right thing and they probably were right. But I would rather risk that than not be on the cutting edge of something, not be able to stand out enough and leave a legacy of, of absolute um, importance. So, so I think that, uh, I'm, I'm curious, do you feel like that was similar for you when you recognize, okay, this is, I actually have something here, not just after you succeeded, but okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go try it because enough people think I'm crazy. I think I've been lucky in the sense of I'm a naive quick starter. So I think if I would have known how difficult most of the things I was doing were going to be before I did them, I would have never done them. And so with that being said, I think it is good to have a dream and go with it versus trying to figure every single piece of it out before you get started. I'll also say when it comes to um, following your dream and leaving a legacy, it's got to be more, it, it can't be just superficial. Because if it is like, oh, I just want to get rich, which is cool to want to make money, that's awesome. But if there's not more below or beneath it, when you get to that moment where you actually start to believe you're crazy, or you get to the moment where it is like grind, 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 which every business goes through, you're not going to go forward with it. You have to have something deeper. And for me, it was actually my experience in Iraq that laid this whole piece out. So I was a, a 20 year old, a 20 year old pre-med pulled out of the university of Missouri and sent halfway across the world to Iraq. So I was, I was national guard. So I wasn't full-time army. I was at school. It was there to help me pay for my school. And I got pulled out of school. I got a notice that said you had till the weekend to report and boom, the next thing I know I am in Iraq fighting in a war. And that was my first, I still remember the exact moment um, that we were ambushed on a convoy. It was my first actual experience seeing and, and experiencing death up close and personal. And I remember later that night being in my tent on my cot, you know, my hands shaking, like kind of tears coming down my face, just thinking to myself, no one would even remember your name. It's like, if I died today, what have I done with my life? What difference have I made? What impact have I done that would live on beyond me? Of course, my family would love me and miss me. But once they passed on, what would be left? Nothing. And so at that moment is when I made a vow to myself that if I survived my tour in combat, that I would spend the rest of my life building a legacy for myself. Now, I had no idea what that legacy was. I just knew I was going to make a difference in the world. Now, 
that came into shape. It started off first going, becoming a doctor and then helping patients. And then from there it was, I wanted to help more patients. And we went from, you know, the thing with the, the clinic is when I was in my brick and mortar clinic, we were able to help anywhere from a couple hundred patients to about a thousand patients a week on a good week. Once I started the online Institute, now we help over a hundred thousand patients a week. That's the impact that I wanted to do. And now for me, my legacy continues to evolve. Now for me, my legacy is helping other people leave their legacy as well by getting their message out to the world. So I will say what you said is spot on and understand that one, it's not going to be easy. And if it's just about money or fame, it's not going to be enough to get you there. There's got to be a reason inside of you, whether it is to leave a legacy or to help fix the world's problems or to make a difference, or something you suffered, you want no one else to ever have to suffer that. That thing right there, you dig into that, don't worry about how tough it's going to be. Don't worry about the people who are calling you crazy. As Sam said, you, if nobody's calling you crazy, you're not thinking big enough, first off. So jump into it, go with it. It's not going to happen overnight. And success, the ones you hear like on these podcasts, like if you followed me in my journey day to day, it wouldn't seem like that big of a deal. It's when you take a step back and look at how far you've come that that success and that legacy is really shining through. Mm-hmm. No, I completely agree. I love the, I, again, I want to, this is a, I, I don't feel like I hear enough people say this, so I'm going to say it even though, um, well, yeah, it, it sometimes can be controversial, but I think every legacy is the, for all of our altruistic beliefs about ourselves and that yes we want to serve and we want to have a bigger impact it's also a selfish thing and it's okay to have an an internal desire to to want to be known right want to not be forgotten that's a that's a natural human thing and it's not a bad natural human thing so many people think oh well if i'm doing this for myself it's bad no it's not bad to recognize that there's a personal benefit to you doing something okay and you chasing a dream that's fine also there's a point where doing it for yourself is no, it's not that it's not good enough. It's just no longer fulfilling to do it for yourself. I think it's, if, if all you did is did it for yourself, you're going to be a better off human. You're going to be way better off. You're not going to be living on anybody else's dime. You'll be successful. There's great, there's greatness in doing it for yourself. And, and I will commend that. And, and I will celebrate with you that you did it for yourself. And, there's a point, almost every successful person I know, once they built it for themselves, often they, they do fall into a lull where it maybe, depending on the person, could be three months, six months, two or three years, and then they start thinking, man, this is not what I thought it would be. There's so much left in me, and that's when it turns outward. So it's okay if doing it for yourself is what gets you to, to success, and then taking it from success to legacy is doing it for other people and it's, but it's okay to, to do it for yourself. And I want to, I want to make that clear. It's okay to do it, do it for yourself. Um, I think the natural progression of doing it for yourself is that you'll get there and you'll realize that you actually want to help others. That's what happened for me. Sounds like that's what happened for Mark. Um, and I'm just grateful that he's here now sharing his expertise. Cause I think everything that we've talked about today, it's so applicable in every era of your life. It's applicable in planning a family. I've been talking to my mom recently. So we're decided, I'm trying, trying to decide how much public education I want to send my kids to. And as a child, you don't, you're not even conscious of what's going on and how much of your life is 
is planned. Um, I don't think I was conscious. There was a lot of not great things about my childhood from an abuse standpoint. And so um, I kind of discounted a lot of it. But now as a parent calling my parents and saying, hey, like, why did you do this? Why did you, like, what was the plan? What was the goal? Well, it turns out my parents, they had decided that their goal was to make, create children or lead children so that by the age of 12 years old, they had all the skills necessary to live on their own if necessary. Now, guess what that leads to? That leads to growing up fast. You don't get a childhood when your parents' goal is to have you be self-sufficient by 12 years old, okay? But am I at all sad about that? No, I'm like, how can I get my child self-sufficient by 12 years old? Because all the things, all the things I've experienced, all the growth I've had since 12, I want to do that. I want my kids to have that. So I didn't know that my parents had pre-planned that I would be that way, but they did. And so now I'm thinking, okay, what am, where have I already behind that ball because I didn't know to ask soon enough. So these, these things that Marcus talked about, they're absolutely applicable in area, every area of your life. And, and I, I want to highlight that. So if you were to say there's, if you were to isolate, right? And I know this might be difficult because I mean, guys, <laughs> the part that we didn't even talk about yet, and we're not going to have time to talk about, but I wish we did. <laughs> he studies the brain, neuroscience, neurology. Um, I love that. Oh man. If there was one habit, mindset, or behavior that you feel like has assisted you in creating your success that we could all adopt into our lives, what would that be? Now, my partner would uh, say this is not the best habit, although I think it is um, one that has allowed me to do what I've done. And that is the quick start. That is one, having an idea I want to do and not waiting. And let me clarify that is I have lots of ideas that I don't always act on. And if I don't act on them, it doesn't happen. The ideas that I get, that I get excited about, and I make something happen right then while it's still an idea in my head, whether it's texting my assistant and saying, hey, put this on the books, or calling up the whole team and say, we're doing this next week. Like whatever it is, is taking immediate and decisive action. And I know uh, probably because it self-fulfilled my own habits uh, in the book, you know, um, Think and Grow Rich, they talk about that. Some of the greatest uh, minds, they, it's not about making the right decision. It's making a decision with decisive action. So even if you don't know what the answer is, like maybe I'm not supposed to do this. Maybe this is not the best business idea. Don't second guess. Don't question it. Take, if you believe it and you feel it, take a decisive action. Now, my business partner, she's the opposite. She is the analytic side. So we probably are like yin and yang. So when I make the mistake, she pulls me back and fixes the problem. But, but that's what, for me, it's taking that, getting this idea, and as soon as I got it, I'm full sprint. Yeah, no, I think that that is key. It's interesting. I've been in, in coaching a few of my uh, people that I've been coaching over the last few months. <clears throat> How do you do it? I'm like, look. Stop thinking about it. I don't care what it is. I don't care if you decide to work with us or not work with us. Just make a decision and stop thinking about it. Stop having things on the back burner. Successful people do not deliberate over a long period of time. They make a decision. They sell out to that decision, good or bad. I mean, like a perfect example, again, good or bad, and this is not a political statement, uh, but President Trump, man, when he makes a decision about what he's going to tweet that day, he freaking doubles down on it. He does not back off. Even if it's like everybody in the world knows he's lying. Everybody, like, 
he doesn't back down, right? And and there's there's a there's a lot of bad sides to that quality potentially, but it also has enabled him to make a decision having no political experience and going straight in becoming a president of the United States, right? So being able to make those decisions is key and crucial. Um, so here's here's the last question of the day, and that is. You're going to pretend that you actually died, okay? And and what I like about this is that you've you've thought about this question before in some form or another. So we're going to pretend you you've died, and we're six generations from now. So this is your great 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 grandchildren sitting around a table. You're you have the opportunity to come in and kind of view their conversation about Mark and, and your legacy. What do you want them to be saying six generations? from now about your life, the impact you had and the legacy that you left? I think this was pretty easy actually. It's the one that I look back and my father instilled in me. I didn't know it at the time, but looking back, it's like, okay, this is super clear. And it's the one I'm trying to instill into my son and anybody that I come in contact with. And it's, you can do anything you set your mind to. And with that being said, you have a message that is extremely important, a message that the world needs to hear. And if you don't get that message out to the world, there's tens, hundreds, thousands, maybe millions of people that are going to be negatively impacted because they did not hear your message. So no, you can do anything you set your mind to. And two, you have a message that the world needs to hear. So do not let anything keep you from getting that message out. Yep. Completely agree. That's why I started the podcast. I'm grateful that uh, you're able to be on this show. I know we, we both need to go, but thank you so much. And again, if you can go ahead and tell us again, how can we contact you? Because I want to make sure people are able to contact you and get information about when your next summit is, see if it's a problem they need solved so they can, can join in on that. Absolutely. So if the if anything with the interview information uh, resonated with you, we have a free training called Interview Like a Pro at interviewlikeapro.com. Um, other than that, the best place to hang out, we do live weekly trainings is our Facebook group over at Viral Summits, Viral Summits. Um, and then if you're just looking for resources, we have incredible free resources getting started, whether it's with a one-day summit or a multi-day summit over on our website at virtualsummits.com. Awesome. And those links, they will be in the show notes here. Uh, I appreciate your time and look forward to, to hearing more from you. We may have to have you back on again to talk more because uh, we never get to everything. But yeah, <laughs> thank you so much. And we'll catch you guys next time on Fuel Your Legacy. I'd love it. Thank you very much, Sam. Take care, everyone. Thanks for joining us. If what you heard today resonates with you, please like, comment, and share on social media. Tag me. And if you do give me a shout out, I'll give you a shout out on the next episode. Thanks to all those who've left a review. It helps spread the message of what it takes to build a legacy that lasts. And we'll catch you next time on Fuel Your Legacy. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. Laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right, ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. 
ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.